You're listening to an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. For more information, visit our website at harvestgranger.org. I want you to see Christmas this morning through the eyes of some shepherds. And in order to get caught up with that story, I want you to look here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. If you're ready, say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's look at verse 8. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds. Everybody underline the word shepherds this morning. It's all about the shepherds this morning. There were some shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Everybody underline the words good news in your Bible. By the way, I talked to somebody this week. They were raised in a church where if you wrote in your Bible, you actually got in trouble. Uh, you are not in that church, okay? So you write in your Bible. If your neighbor didn't underline the words good news, just reach over there and underline that for them, okay? You won't get in trouble here at Harvest. So good news, and then what else does it say? Good news of what? Great joy. Have you already underlined those words? If not, why not? Underline good news, great joy. That will be for white people. Is that what it says? No. Black people, no. Rich people, no. Poor people, no. Western American, Northern Indiana, 945 crowd at Harvest Bible Chapel people. Is that what it says? What's the word? It's for all people. And so good news, great joy for all people. All of this was being announced to a bunch of shepherds. Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know what a manger is? We think it's that nativity set thing. That's not what it is. The manger is like the horse, the feeding trough. Okay. And so they took Jesus and they laid him in this feeding trough. And it says that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know what those were? I did a little research. I tried, I went on Google Prime to try to find some swaddling clothes, and they don't make those anymore. They make huggies um, and things like pampers, but they don't make swaddling clothes anymore. So swaddling clothes, this is the way back in the day you would keep the babies warm. You would take these strips of cloth and you would actually wrap the cloth around the baby, around his legs, around his arms. It made him look like a little baby mummy. And that was what the swaddling clothes were there. Bet you didn't know that, didn't you? Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Learned something, didn't you? That's what the swaddling clothes were all about. And then it says in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Do you see the words made known? Such significance in those words. Do you understand that it is God's desire to make himself known? And that's what Christmas is all about. He's done it by writing a book. We hold that in our hands. But he's also made himself known by becoming one of us. That's what it's all about. Every other religion in the world teaches that somehow man can become God. Only Christianity teaches 
that God became man. And in him becoming man, now we can become like him. He made himself known through this story of Christmas. He goes on in verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known. Sound familiar? What did I just say about God made himself known? And then the shepherds made God known. Because once you've got good news of great joy, the automatic byproduct is you want everybody to know what you know. If you really know the great the good news of great joy. So they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. Now, in just a moment... We are going to watch a dramatic portrayal of what I just read in Scripture. Our good friend Dallas Jenkins has made another uh, story for us that we're gonna just we're just gonna be engaged in this story. But I want to set you up, and I want you to be looking for three things in this story. First thing I want you to consider is that these shepherds were rejected by the cultural elite. Okay, I don't know about you, I went on this week to try, try to find out what are the top jobs, the top occupations that you would want to try to pursue in our culture. Shepherds were nowhere on the list, okay? Uh, the closest thing you could find is some ranchers in West Texas, and, uh, but you don't want to be a rancher in West Texas. So anyway, these shepherds, I mean, today you, you would want to be like an app developer, a nurse practitioner, a speech pathologist, or a systems analyst. But shepherds were, is, is not in great demand. Do you know why there was such a great demand in the Bible for shepherds? I mean, think about it. Abraham was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. Amos, the prophet, was a shepherd. And then we see these shepherds showing up in the Christmas story. Why, was there, why were there so many shepherds? Let me answer that for you. The reason there were so many shepherds is because there was a great market demand for sheep. These guys were the least of the least. A shepherd occupation was at the bottom of the food chain. These guys made minimum wage. It was possible that the, the reason they were shepherds is because they weren't smart enough or skilled enough or strong enough to be anything but a shepherd. Think about it. Um, in order to be a shepherd, the only job, job qualification is that you have to be smarter than the sheep. Okay? It's quite likely these guys, maybe they had a, a learning disability or maybe they were physically disabled. Um, they just had to breed sheep, feed sheep, care for the sheep, lead the sheep, get them to the place where they would go. And can you imagine what these guys smelled like? I mean, just get a mental picture. How many of you have a teenage son um, who's yet to discover the glories of deodorant? Okay. Anybody ever experienced that? Okay. So I've had a couple of these guys and, and we, we, we introduced them to the glory of deodorant. But I, was, I had this wonderful conversation with Andrea this morning. Just a Christmas thought on Sunday morning. This was before the invention of deodorant. Okay, so not only the shepherds, they showed up and it's like they showed up at this scene with a baby. If if our nursery workers this morning looked and smelled like the shepherds, nobody would have dropped off the baby. 
But these are the guys that God sent into the manger. They were rejected by the cultural elite, and yet these were the ones that God chose to send the angels to. Why didn't he send the angels to the Pharisees? Why didn't he send the angels to the kings and the bankers of the day? And I think it was wrapped up in that little word, all. God wanted us to know that the good news of great joy was for all people. There was nobody so low on the totem pole that didn't get this news. So no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you failed to do, this is good news for all the people. Second thing I want you to look for in this film is this. I want you to look for the shepherd's relationship to the sheep. Now, again, the reason there were so many shepherds is because there was such a high demand for sheep. Why? We have to kind of know a little bit about the Old Testament. The Old Testament introduced us to a religious ceremony that commemorated how God saved his people when they were enslaved in Egypt. There was this crazy story about one day God's people being enslaved in Egypt. God was going to send a death angel to wipe out the the firstborn of these enemies of God and the enemies of God's people. And God said, the night before I do this, if you will slaughter a lamb and you will take some of the blood of that lamb and put it over the doorpost and on both sides, then in the morning you can be saved through the blood because that the wrath of God is going to pass over where he finds the blood. Now, of course, God did all this, and then for centuries they celebrated this as a way of remembering what God had done to save his people. That meant there had to be an abundance of sheep that were specifically born to die. And that's what the shepherds were for. They breeded the sheep for a purpose of becoming a spotless, sacrificial substitute for people that needed to be saved through the blood. It was estimated that as many as a quarter of a million sheep had to be slain around the season of Passover. And so these shepherds were breeding these sheep to take them to the marketplace so that people could offer them in commemoration of God saving his people through the blood. Here's the third thing I want you to watch for. I want you to watch for the shepherd's response to revelation from God. Now, we just read it here that they got a little special revelation. How many of you would like an angel appear to you to convince you that the story of Christmas is true? Okay, that's what happened for them. But listen, we have that in a special revelation because what happened to them was recorded for us in a book that you all hold in your hands. Simply because you live in Western American 21st century, you have revelation from God that most people in the world haven't had. Because you have come into a church where there is somebody reading this story to you that's been recorded for us. And the whole reason is because God loves to make himself known to you. If God doesn't seem real to you, if he just seems distant and far away, can I tell you what's happening right now in this service? Through his word, by his spirit, and through what we're about to just 
what we're about to watch, God is trying to make himself known to you. So I want you to watch this, and I want you to look for the shepherd's rejection by the cultural elite. I want you to look for the shepherd's, what was the second thing I said? Relationship to the sheep. And the third thing, the shepherd's response to the revelation of God. And I think you're going to see yourself in the story. Watch this. I have three questions for you. The first one is the one that you just heard. Where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? Before you can be glad about the good news of great joy, you have to accept the bad news about your poor performance before a perfectly righteous God. Do you understand there's two things required for you to have eternal life with God? First of all, someone has to pay the price for sin. Until you understand that you are as lame and broken and scarred by the sin of your past as we saw depicted physically in that shepherd, unable to approach God, unable to keep pace with God, unable to be in the presence of God because of sin. The reason that there were shepherds is because God needed sheep to tell the story that the price of sin is death. Until you understand that's how bad the bad news is about your relationship with God, you're not ready to receive the good news that God has provided for himself a spotless lamb that would be a substitute for you. Here's the good news. God has provided a substitution spotlessness for all those who will repent and believe through Jesus Christ. The shepherds had an understanding of the relationship that God has with people that need a Savior. One day the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist, saw Jesus after he'd grown up and said, see that guy right there? That is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We understand from the New Testament writing, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says that, G- that God provided through Jesus the precious blood that was like that of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Until you understand you're like the shepherd, broken by sin, you won't cry out for this substitution spotlessness that God offers. We all are like sheep that have gone astray. And Jesus is the good shepherd that brings us back. As a matter of fact, when Jesus grew up, he went on to teach that not only was he the spotless lamb, 
but that he would become the great shepherd. So I would ask you this, are you following Jesus as your great shepherd? In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the true and the better shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Do you understand that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray? Do you understand that we need someone else to give guidance and leadership and direction and have you submitted to Christ as your great shepherd. Did you see the difference in the attitude between the self-righteous religious Pharisee and the humble, broken shepherd? There's only two types of people in this room right here. The people who think they can lead and guide and direct their life on their own and others who understand, I've made a mess of things. I need to be following somebody else's leadership. So we continually come, even those of us that have a very familiar understanding of this story, we come every day and we say, good shepherd, I'm a sheep, I'm dumb, I'm going to make bad decisions unless I follow you today. I put myself back under your leadership. That's the Christmas story as well. Have you identified Jesus? Have you trusted Jesus as your spotless, substitutionary lamb? And are you following Jesus as your great shepherd? I want to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. If you're like me, there was a point in that movie that tugged at your heart. Big, strong, unemotional you had to choke back a tear. How'd that happen? You know what that was? That was God making himself known to you. What has been your response to the revelation of God? If you're waiting for an angel to appear to you while you're watching over your flocks by night in a field, that's probably not going to happen. What you have is an accurate record of how God has made himself known to you and provided a way for you to know him at a deeper level. Would you open your heart to him right now? If you've never before understood that Christmas was about God becoming man and providing a once and for all sacrifice for sin, would you open your heart to that? Would you embrace him by faith as your spotless substitution so that you could be made right with God. In your heart, you can open your heart to God and just tell Him, like, God, I I need a Savior. I'm like a dumb sheep. I've wandered into places. I've wandered far from you. I haven't responded to your revelation. You've been so good to make yourself known through your word, through Jesus. And right now, by faith, I embrace you as Savior. For those of you that done that, that have already done that, how are you doing following Jesus as a great shepherd? He didn't just come as a spotless lamb to remove the penalty of sin. He came as a great shepherd to lead you out of sin. Why don't you humble yourself before him and say, Lord, this week, right now, I want to follow you your will, your ways for the rest of my life.
Lord, I pray for my friends right now. Thank you for the revelation that you've given us by your word. Thank you for your spirit that even though I've seen that movie six times, your spirit tugs at my heart every time and I choke back the tears and there's no explanation for that. And as you've done that for my friends here, I pray that they would personalize that. That they would run toward the light, run toward the truth and not drift Thank you for being our great shepherd and our substitution spotlessness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got one more question for you, and then we're going to stand and we're going to sing our faces off one more time. Okay? Here's the question. Did you notice how those guys ran out of there and wanted to tell everybody about what they had seen and heard that day? God transformed the shepherds into the world's first missionaries. And that's what's required of us. So my third question is this. Are you sharing the good news of Jesus with everyone you know? Let the joy and the good news flow from your heart into your mouth, into the ears of those that need to know. They must know. The people must know there is a Savior that has come to bring life where there's only been spiritual death. He was born that we may have life. Do you have spiritual life? You've got the good news. I want to send you out of here rejoicing in that, but then telling the world of that good news. Would you stand to your feet right now? And let's celebrate the good news in great joy.